0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. This is our weekly waiver wire show. This is where we run through, you know, our tiered rankings on the waiver wire, make fab recommendations, and just kind of generally get you guys ready for the week ahead. Overall, I would say this isn't a great week on the waiver wire. You know, some of these names that we are going to talk about here in the top tier, I think are fine, but I don't think that we have anyone like Boston Scott or Alexander Madison from the last couple weeks where it seemed like maybe these were kind of all in style situations. And also we have some late breaking news, semi late breaking news in terms of waiver wire stuff, because uh, the Packers running back news had not gotten into our written waiver wire content on sportsgrid.com. So we can go ahead and cover that here. So starting out with our top tier of guys for the Week 9 Fantasy Football Waiver Wire. I think we have three guys, well, actually four guys. I think we have Jordan Wilkins, Gus Edwards, Jamichael Hasty, and Tyler Irvin for the Green Bay Packers. Starting off with Jordan Wilkins, Jonathan Taylor is now dealing with an ankle injury. He had only 11 carries for 22 yards, while Jordan Wilkins had 20 carries for 89 yards in the Lions game. I think that it is unlikely that the Colts just you know, give up on Jonathan Taylor. And I don't think that Jordan Wilkins is a special athlete or talent. He's averaging 3.7 yards per carry this year. Jordan Wilkins lost carries to Jonathan Williams last season when Marlon Mack was injured. I think it's pretty clear that Jonathan Taylor is not ready to be, you know, that Adrian Peterson style rusher who just blows away the league right at the beginning of his career. So I do think that after this strong performance, Jordan Wilkins has probably earned a larger role inside of the Indianapolis Colts offense, Marl, or, uh, Naheem Hines had only, uh, I think, eight interactions in this game. He just was able to score on two of his touches. I think that Wilkins is something like a 10 to 15% bid. I think the, the thing about Wilkins is you can probably win him for less now since we had these Green Bay running backs pop up as options this week. Just real quick on Gus Edwards, I've discussed him a bunch both in the written content on SportsGrid.com and on this podcast, but with Mark Ingram out... Edwards played, you know, a larger role. Basically, he had his normal role and then also picked up some of Mark Ingram's leftover role. Uh, Edwards had 16 carries on 26 snaps and scored a rushing touchdown as well. I think basically he needs to be owned in all leagues. The problem is he has no pass catching upside and he really is only going to be someone you want to start if he is able to score a touchdown. So, you know, not really a guy I am personally rushing out to add this week now that he is coming off of a good game. You know, Edwards would have been a good $1 pickup, you know, four weeks ago, someone we've definitely talked about before, but I I do think he needs to be covered here. Next, we have Jermichael Hasty, Tevin Coleman re-injured himself in the 49ers game against the Seahawks. Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert are on the short-term IR. They can't return for at least two more weeks. Jarek McKinnon has slotted back into his normal role as the third down back and actually played more snaps than Hasty against the Seahawks, but that was a catch up effort. Obviously, we don't think the 49ers are going to be playing that way in very many games. I think that Hasty is probably the best bid of any of the running backs this week because he has the most long term upside. like I, I think that he can take over this 49ers backfield. I don't think Edwards can do that in Baltimore. I don't really think Wilkins can do that in Indianapolis, and I also don't think that Tyler Irvins and or Dexter Williams can do that for the Green Bay Packers. Right now, for the Packers, we know that A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams are not going to be able to play on Thursday due to uh, COVID-19. A.J. Dillon tested positive, and Jamal Williams was has been listed as a high likelihood carrier of COVID-19, so he can't play. It's looking like Tyler Irvin is going to be active at running back, but Tyler Irvin is the jet motion guy for the Packers, so I actually would not be surprised on Thursday night against the 49ers to see Dexter Williams lead the backfield in rushing attempts. So I think you can make 10% bids on Tyler Irvin, maybe 5% bids on Dexter Williams and think that you'll be able to get a spot start out of one or two of those guys, maybe, maybe both of them, but uh, the, the, the top tier of ads this week for me, I would rank them hasty Edwards, Wilkins, Irvin Williams, but I would feel confident in getting Williams and Irvin for cheaper, if that makes sense. Like, I think those guys are very likely to be acquired for reasonable prices. Moving now to our borderline starters, we have DJ Dallas, who is coming off of, you know, basically playing the entire game in the backfield for the Seattle Seahawks. However, Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson, at least one of them, is likely to return in this upcoming week. Travis Homer was banged up and only able to play seven total snaps. Nick Balor worked in a little bit at running back and played on third downs. If by you know, if Homer. If Hyde, if Carson, none of these guys are able to play in week nine, DJ Dallas would be a guy who would probably rank as like a top 12 running back. I just feel very non-confident that any of those things are going to happen. So if DJ Dallas is still out there on your waiver wire, I would probably lean something like, you know, 5% this week. If you get him, great. If not, you don't really need to worry about it. Continuing on in the, you know, kind of borderline starters tier, we have Kendrick Bourne with Debo Samuel out, George Kittle out, Jarek McKinnon not really able to handle that many targets playing on third downs. Bourne racked up 10 targets against the Seahawks. They play the Packers on Thursday night. Again, that really short turnaround. I think that as long as Debo and Kittle are out, we can probably project Bourne for something like a 15 to 20% target share. Jimmy Garoppolo is out. I think that Nick Mullins has shown an affinity to target Kendrick Bourne when he has been in. We don't really think that Bourne is like a special athlete or a great prospect, but a healthy target share in this 49ers offense does need to be owned. I think you can probably throw like 5 to 8% on Bourne. feel like you can get him. And he's not like a ceiling play, but I do think he is someone worth adding. I think the ceiling plays in borderline starters for wide receivers this week are Alan Lazard and Michael Pittman Jr. Lazard has already returned to practice after his short-term IR stint. He had core muscle surgery. Uh, the Packers desperately need a second wide receiver. Their second, third, and fourth wide receivers are all running backs and tight ends. MVS is fifth on the team in receptions with only 16. Lazard, in three games, had two touchdowns and 17 targets. I think that he is... uh I think he is just basically like a lock. I think that I think that uh, he probably is going to project for like a 20-ish to 22% uh, target share of that offense moving forward, and I think that he needs to be owned. I think Michael Pittman Jr. is in a very similar situation. He returned from the short-term IR and actually played this weekend. What's weird about the Colts is they just target so many different guys. 11 different Colts had receptions in the game against the Lions, and that's kind of the Frank Reich and Phillip Rivers way combined. We've seen all these rookie wide receivers just crush, though. Uh, Jalen Rager, CD Lamb, T Higgins, uh, you know, all these guys have been starters. All of these guys have been productive. And I think that uh, Michael Pittman Jr. really does have uncapped upside because I would expect him to be able to out target Zach Pascal. T.Y. Hilton has got banged up. I, I actually am already in like a really long Michael Pittman Jr. position. I pretty much own him in every league where he is available, where I, where I could have gotten him, but I think that he is a strong ad this week as well. I also think that Trey Burton is a pretty strong ad in tight end premium formats. Just the fact that he seems to have like kind of an overwhelming amount of touch upside, uh, inside of this offense. Like, you know, we, we joke about Uh, these, these stupid rushes that Trey Burton gets, but just look at the tight end position, look at how terrible it is out there. And then realize that Trey Burton has a coach who like actively wants to give him the ball in the red zone. You know, I, I think that that guy needs to be on. He plays about 50% of the snaps, even with Mo Alley Cox back in the lineup, pretty much every week you can project him for four to six targets, you know, 20 to 55 yards. And, you know, maybe like a 30% chance of a touchdown And that is a pretty solid guy at tight end. Also another borderline starter, Logan Thomas. He's played at least 85% of the snaps for the Washington football team in every game, but two, he has at least four targets in every single game. Second on the Washington football team in total targets. I think that Kyle Allen is definitively better than Dwayne Haskins, at least at this point in their careers. And Logan Thomas to me is not a guy who is going to show out in, um, You know, targets per route run. But I just think the fact that he's out there, you know, 90% of snaps in a lot of these games is very meaningful to his fantasy football projection. Finally, some of our deep league targets and bench stashes. Maybe Jacoby Myers actually deserves more respect than this, but with Julian Edelman out due to knee surgery and Keel Harry sitting out with a concussion, uh, Jacoby Myers came alive for the second week in a row. He has 16 targets the last two weeks, 10 in the New England Patriots loss to the Bills. He actually had two other targets that were called back due to penalty and a two-point conversion that he secured as well. I also think we maybe need to build in a small chance that Cam Newton might get good again. Like maybe he's just playing really bad because he had the coronavirus and maybe every day he gets a little bit healthier. I don't know if that's true or not, but I definitely think it's something that we should at least consider in the range of outcomes. Uh, I think you can make $1 bids on Donta Foreman. He played uh, I think only seven snaps this weekend against the Bengals, and Darrington Evans is gonna come back. But I I basically think that what the Titans see in Dante Foreman is a one-for-one replacement for Derrick Henry. And in really deep leagues, one for one replacements for Derrick Henry probably deserve, you know, one dollar bids. I I think that, that I think that, that seems fair. Marvin Hall and Quintus Cephas are gonna be replacing Kenny Galladay on the out. Uh, like on the boundary wide receiver position for the Detroit Lions. I think that they should play Marvin Hall, but I think the team also might view Quintus Cephas as the direct backup to Kenny Galladay because Cephas was playing in weeks one, two, and three when Galladay was banged up, but then has been inactive in the last three games after Galladay has been back. So he looks like a guy who can't really contribute on special teams, but as a guy who can contribute as an outside wide receiver, So if you lost Galladay, if you're just really struggling for bye weeks, you know, Scott Fishbowl, NFFC primetime, FFPC main event, I think you can throw $1 bids out on Marvin Hall and Quintus Cephas. A couple of the names at quarterback, if you lost Jimmy G, if you're not feeling good about Tua, kind of remember we we wanted to take a peek on Tua. I think that Kirk Cousins is a guy. I think that Nick Mullins is a guy against the Packers. And then, you know, Drew Locke $1 bids against the Falcons. I think that, you know, Drew Locke can get to 250 passing yards and two touchdowns there. Uh, Some really deep running back ads, uh, $1 on Troy Main Pope. He saw, uh, you know, much more action uh, in this last game against the Broncos. Uh, He had 15 touches and 95 yards, so he probably is a guy worth throwing, you know, a a buck out there on. Uh, Some other $1 wide receivers, Darnell Mooney, KJ Hamler, uh, I we already talked about Denzel Mims last week. I think that he is pretty strong. And then, of course, I I want you guys to always be remembering our boy uh, Albert O. And then also, you know what? Uh, I need to I need I wanted to spend more time on Jordan Reed here because it seems like Jordan Reed is going to be uh, back from the short term IR. George Kittle is going to be out for eight weeks. Jordan Reed had an insane targets per route run earlier in the season before he got hurt when George Kittle is out. I personally am making uh, a lot of big bids on Jordan Reed. I really want to get him in the FFPC main event and some of those leagues. So make sure to get your bids in on Jordan Reed this week. All right, guys, hope all of that was useful. Hope all of that was helpful. Let's go out there and uh, keep winning our leagues.